Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. You got a big dream board with like it's just got Tom Brady's head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. Let's talk Bills. I'm Graham, and with me again is Eric. How you doing, dude? Doing well, Graham. Doing real well. You know why? Because training camp has started? Yeah. I mean, it's football season. Football season is right around the corner, bro. Uh, we are out of the doldrums now, and we've got stuff to talk about again. So that's fun. I love it. Yeah, training camp is so exciting. Um, my family was all at camp yesterday for the first day for you know the opening practice, and they said it was wild. And I, I wish that I could have been there to see it all, but I guess everybody went crazy for Josh and crazy for Von Miller, and everybody's just super pumped. As they should be. Um. Today, we are going to get into a little bit of a conversation about who we think is going to make the Bills roster. That's going to be kind of our primary focus. But there's some other football news floating around out there that we want to make sure we touch on, too. And um, I think a good thing for us to start with is the third or fourth, I don't know how many spring football league iterations they've come up with over the past few years. But uh, the XFL is going at it again, and they announced the cities that are going to host a team. So uh, Eric and I are going to break down where the new XFL teams are going to be, I guess. They're not the same teams as they were the last time around, huh? I don't think so. But then again, I don't, I really don't remember where the, second iteration of the XFL played. Well, that was the one that got cut short because of COVID. Right? I know for a fact, New York had a team and they, they did don't. Indeed. That's crazy to start a league and not include New York or LA, right? LA's not here. Chicago's not here. Yeah. So hmm. that was one of the things that I was like immediately. Oh my God, is this league serious? Because you're right. Like the two biggest markets, LA and New York, you're not even going to have a team there or teams there, but I actually don't know if it's that big of a loss because I feel like New York fans are so dug in on either the Jets or the Giants that there's not a lot of space for another team. And LA is, I mean, for as big a market as it is in terms of TV, it is a notoriously fickle sports town. So I'm not sure they'd be filling the stands for some second tier football league. If NFL, uh, I guess the NFL in general is kind of low-key worried that uh, the LA market is not even going to be enough to basically satisfy the Chargers and Rams. So, I would think the NFL would have to be darn sure LA has turned a corner in that respect before sending mm-hmm. two teams there in the last, what, five years? I, I know they lost the Rams, yeah. and they lost the, the, the Chargers and, and the I don't know. They lost the Rams and they lost the Raiders in the past. Um, but now right. they must be pretty convinced that LA can handle two NFL franchises because they just sent two back. So, um, 
pretty strange though. You want to run through the list of the teams that they've announced will host an XFL franchise. And by the way, we don't even know the names of the team. The most important aspect of this, which is the jerseys, is no information on that. But we do know that the city and the head coach, and some of these head coaches are uh, known yeah. known commodities in the NFL and college football, some of them. So uh, go ahead and, and fill us in on some of those cities. Yeah, so as you said, we're missing out on L.A. and New York, but they've decided to give three different Texas cities uh, an XFL franchise. So we've got the team gonna, that's going to be based in Arlington. That's going to be headed by Bob Stoops, of course, uh, from the Sooners, the Oklahoma Sooners. And he was, what was his nickname? Big Game Bob? I guess. I, I don't know that nickname, but... You know? Uh, <laughs> he was Big Game Bob. Uh, and it was weird, too, because, like, I guess he would fill in from time to time and do, like, the bowl games even after he retired. So, like, this past year when Lincoln Riley bolted for USC, Bob Stoops got called up and he coached the team for their bowl game. Kind of interesting. Um, then we got a team in Houston coached by Wade Phillips, uh, noted defensive yeah. coordinator in the NFL. Uh, and the third Texas team is in San Antonio. And this is going to be Graham's favorite team. Why is that Graham? Uh, I hope this team crashes and burns because I am not a high oh, yeah, sport right. fan. I, I forgot. He is coaching San Antonio. Also, another thing we know about these teams is their color scheme, or at least one of their primary colors, I assume. So you got like a baby blue for Arlington, which is, is kind of nice, and then like a navy for Houston. San Antonio's got Heinz Ward as their coach and yellow for their primary color. And so I'm out on San Antonio. Yeah. I'm really hoping that they uh, they stink it up. Well, love and hate are two sides of the same coin, they say. So maybe you'll find yourself cheering Heinz Ward. Really That's not a Heinz Ward fan. And I was surprised to hear you say – or I, I guess I was surprised to hear your surprise – at my disdain for Heinz Ward. Are you a big Heinz Ward guy? No, I'm not. But like, it's been, I don't know, 15 years since I thought of the guy. So uh, I don't know. For me, at that time, I wasn't as, at the time he was playing, I wasn't as fiery a fan um, as I am now, I guess. So I just really didn't care much about the guy. Do you remember the Super Bowl? It was 2009 when they played the Cardinals. It's Kurt Warner with the Cardinals yeah. and Ben Roethlisberger and obviously Heinz Ward and, you know, the regular cast of the Steelers. I don't remember exactly what was happened Heinz at Ward? the end of that game anymore, but I was very angry at how that Super Bowl finished. I felt like the Cardinals were cheated somehow mm. out of like a final opportunity at something by the way that the Steelers like ran on the field or did something shady. And maybe I was just a kid and like didn't mm -hmm. understand how the game worked. But I, I have hated the Steelers since then. And I think I did really hated them before that, too. But he's just a part of that. Routinely voted the dirtiest player in the league by yeah. other NFL players. Just really don't like Heinz Borden. And that hasn't changed since his retirement from the league some, I don't know, eight years ago, probably. But Yeah, geez. Give it a rest, bro. I do remember uh, watching him. I think it was, I watched it live. He broke the jaw of... Uh, Bengals linebacker Keith Rivers on like a blindside block, and it was vicious. Scumbag. Not yeah. quite a Jarvis Landry, but he's up there. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from the Texas teams, we have a team in 
Las Vegas. That's going to be headed by Rod Woodson, uh, former NFL defensive back. I don't know. Is he a, a Hall of Famer, Graham? Is he yet or should he be? Uh, is he yet? Um, yeah, he was voted into the Hall of Fame as the class of 2009. So Rod Woodson Damn. is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so... I don't know how much coaching he's done, but he knows how to play the game. Um, then we got another former defensive back leading a team from Orlando, Florida. Orlando seems like kind of a strange pick for this, but I guess they don't have an NFL team uh, and they are a big market. So, yeah, at first glance, it seems strange, but now that I think about it, really not. And for those of you listening at home, Vegas has like a, a red, like a bright red as their primary color here in Orlando. It's like yeah. a light green. Um, you know, no ill will towards either of these guys. Looking good so far. <laughs> Not yet anyway, huh, Graham? Um, then we have Jim Haslett leading the team in Seattle. And they got like a pine green, I would call it. Yeah. It's that classic, like the only color you'd ever use to represent Seattle. Every team has basically yeah, which... adopted this as their color. Uh, it looks more like the Milwaukee Bucks green, if you ask me. It also appears... Oh, maybe I'm going crazy. I thought maybe it's like lighter okay, on the right I'm side confused. of this logo than it is on the left side. Like it's going from lighter to darker as this little logo progresses. Anyway, it's a green. It's more of a forest green than the Orlando green, but let's not get too into the weeds about that. What other <laughs> what other teams we got here? Good green talk. <laughs> uh, then, then we got two teams, the final two teams. Uh, one in St. Louis, going to be headed by Anthony Becht, which, who I believe is a former tight end. Um, also don't know how much coaching he's done, but They've got like a another, I guess dark blue, navy blue, maybe. Yeah, I'll say navy blue. blue. And then finally, the team in Washington D.C. going to be headed by Reggie Barlow, former NFL player, former Pro Bowl NFL player, uh, and they have red as their color scheme. And like we talked about before this. I'm going to reserve my final selection for which team I'm going to support here until the jerseys come out because I think that's a big part of it. But my initial inclination, since there's not even a really a local team, I mean, the closest team to where I am now would be D.C., and I don't think I could pull for D.C. I'm sort of inclined to, to pull for St. Louis here. That's a market that was so wrongfully ripped away from their football franchise, and I'm, I'm hoping maybe that right. they – get an opportunity at redemption for those fans. So initial, initial take is maybe to be a St. Louis fan. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not interested in uniforms at all. I know that's a huge aspect of fandom for you. Um, but for me, I really like Wade Phillips and because of that, I'm going with Houston, baby. All right. You're just willing to lock it in right now, even before I can lock it in right now. I mean, unless they come out with like the most putrid uniforms of all time or, or uh, that's not really going to stop me. Uh, If they get some scumbags on the team, then I'm out. But for right now, I'm a, I'm a Houston guy Um, real quick without actually crunching the numbers. I can see still on the Wikipedia page from the 2020 XFL season that the New York franchise known then as the New York guardians and the LA franchise known as the Los Angeles wildcats. They were the two teams who averaged the fewest amount of fans. Mm, so XFL really following the numbers. Look at them data driven yeah. league. I like it. Yeah. 
that's the road to success, baby. Cool. And are they, do you know, are they going to be playing all of their games in a small town <laughs> in the South or <laughs> in Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama? No, it looks like they've got for seven of the eight franchises, a stadium picked out already. And some of them are, uh, bigger stadiums like the, the Heinz Ward led San Antonio team is going to be playing in the Alamo dome. So yeah. Um, just Las Very Vegas cool. is looking for a stadium to play in, I guess. Well, we'll stay tuned with that news. And uh, hopefully the next time we get on here and do a pod, there'll be some jerseys and some team names. Cause that's going to really, oh, that'd be so cool. I can't wait until they draft. It was kind of yeah. a bummer when they did the USFL because it just kind of showed you either how out of touch I am now with the current football landscape or just like they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel for talent there. Yeah, it's just not fun to watch. Or, I don't know, the way that they broadcast, it was just kind of like online and they would announce a pick every so often and it was never anyone you'd heard of. I don't know. I am excited for these leagues when they pop up, when there's news, there's going to be a new league. That's kind of fun. And then the amount of time that it holds my interest for keeps shrinking with each new iteration of the spring football Mm. league that comes out. So like when the Alliance came out, I watched for a few weeks and then I'm to the point now, like the USFL, I picked a team and then forgot it happened and the season ended. So I'm not sure how long I'm going to care about yeah, this, but same uh, here. it seems like they're doing something different, I guess. I don't know, man. Say what you want about Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is uh, the co-owner of the league, I guess, co-commissioner. Say what you want about him and, and all the movies he's been in and all the fatigue that pop culture might soon have of him. He's an entertainer, bro. And he might be able to put an entertaining yeah. product on the field. But... Yeah, I think one of the things that they can do, just just kind of last bit on this XFL stuff, one of the things they could do to make the draft interesting is deviate from what the USFL did where they like had designated rounds for positions. Yeah, I think it I would be see cool. why that would make it fair. Yeah, but like sense, I think but... just as long as a team, like they should designate the amount of players they can choose at each position, right? So some team can't hoard all the quarterbacks or whatever. But they should just let them build the team however they want to. You know what I mean? Like basically the fantasy draft that you used to have in NFL or the Madden game, just fill out the roster based on the number of uh, players at each position, get into it that way. Yep. I like it. All right. Should we move on to the 2022 53 man roster projections for the Buffalo bills? Yeah. Speaking of rosters, we got to fill out our own fantasy rosters for this actual NFL football team that we both just to keep the fans uh, up to date on how this went for us last year. I I don't want to brag, but I think we did a pretty nice job last year when we predicted the roster. Damn right. We did. You can brag, Graham, go for it. So last year of the 53 spots that Eric and I each filled individually, we were correct about 47 of them. That's a pretty good hit rate. We were only off by six guys. And then in addition to just picking than who the guys are that'll make the roster. We also get a little cocky sometimes, and we say, not only do I think this guy's going to make it, but I guarantee there's no way he gets cut. Uh, and of the guaranteed players, we got two wrong each. One doesn't even really have to count because that was just Reed Ferguson, and they just played a little trick with his contract and had him wait in the parking lot for the minute they posted the final roster so they could slip somebody else in as injured reserve. It was just like a little trick Brandon Bean played 
Uh, and he ended up on the roster. Right. Like Probably going to do that this year, too, with uh, Trey White. Yeah, yeah. He'll be on the pup. But we don't know when he'll come off the pup list, right? So he could come off during training camp. We don't really know. Um, yeah, but that's what I mean. So I, I – well – yeah, we'll see. I mean, he could be ready for the start of the season. I doubt it. So what I'm thinking is he probably he makes a 53 man roster, obviously, and then they immediately put him on injured reserve to sign back one of the guys. But we'll see. So that plays a, a role here, but we do have to take an L on that one because we didn't see that move coming. Yeah. Um, but of our other guarantees, we were pretty great. We we guaranteed two guys that we were wrong about each, uh, and that would be Reed Ferguson and Jacob Hollister for me and Reed Ferguson and Forrest Lamp for you. It's Forrest, right? Was that his first name? Yeah. yeah. Lineman. Forrest Lamp, yep. Former second rounder, I thought. Yeah. Hell, looking at the schlubs on this offensive line anyway, maybe a former second rounder can have a chance here. <laughs> offensive line is an interesting discussion, and I think we'll still be this year. So um, let's get into it. Yeah. We're going to go position by position. We're going to look at who is in camp, and then we're going to predict – who of those players will make the roster potentially including some guarantees real quick though, Graham, how did we do it with the guarantees because like, or the locks, because I mean, presumably one of us could just be like Josh Allen is a lock. And then that's the only lock that you do. Yeah. But that's just super lame. Yeah. All right. That's all. Fair enough. <laughs> Don't be lame. Let's start with quarterbacks. Though. Gotta go out Speaking on a for something here. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's do quarterback. And, and this is actually interesting. Well, last year, I don't think quarterback was a very interesting discussion at all. You just had Allen and Trubisky and that was the end of it. This year you got Josh Allen, obviously he's in camp and you got Case Keenum and Matt Barkley, Matt Barkley, former backup to Josh Allen for a couple of years. And he's back um, And Case Keenum, a little bit more of an established veteran in the league. But um, in my opinion, I'm going to lock in Josh Allen, going to make the team. I say Case Keenum makes it as the backup, and Barkley gets cut. Brave. I am in lockstep with you, Graham. I do not see the um, Bean McDermott brain trust throwing away a late-round draft pick, which is what they use to trade for Case Keenum. And Case Keenum is like a really capable backup. So um, in my mind, Josh Allen is a lock. Case Keenum, I won't go as far to, as to call him a lock, but I'm pretty confident he'll make this team. And I, I don't know exactly all the rules, probably should, about the um, practice squad. But during COVID, a lot of that was shaken up. It used to be that you really just had to be like a, a new player in the league with not a lot of NFL experience in order to make the practice squad. But I think that's right. different now. And I, I, it's my understanding that you could have a guy like Matt Barkley, who's been in the league for a long time, end up on your practice squad. And I think he's done enough time around the league that other teams aren't clamoring to go get Matt Barkley. So he might be a guy that they could hang on to in case of emergency, but not have to put him on their 53. Exactly. I think that's pretty safe to say, Uh, but real quick, I just want to, you know, you totally uh, burned Jake from when you talked about the quarterback situation last year, bro, Jake from was on this roster. Hmm. What? In camp, no, he wasn't. wasn't he? I don't think so. Maybe maybe, maybe he was. When did they get rid of Jake Fromm? They got rid of him. Uh, I think he was one of the cuts. They just cut him? Yeah. yeah. Am, I, hmm. am I crazy? Neither of us had him anywhere on our lists. So 
Um, I'll look up the, the history of Jake Fromm yeah. here and make sure that that's true, but I sort of. Okay, maybe I'm a year off. Anywho, um, moving on to running back. Why don't you start with running back? This is a more intriguing position than quarterback. Yeah, so running back, I have two guys, absolute locks for this team. Number one, the starter, the presumed starter, Devin Singletary. Number two, James Cook, the second-round draft pick rookie. Um, I hesitate to call Zach Moss a lock, but I think he will make this team. And Taiwan Jones, he's getting older, but he's a special teams ace. I don't want to call him a lock because I think he could be one of the candidates who like gets cut, but has a kind of, you know, handshake agreement with the team to, get signed back the next day after they put Trey white or whoever else on injured reserve. Um, but I don't see Duke Johnson making this team, dude. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to put Reggie. Gilliam I've got, there. I've got James cook and Oh, okay. I've got James cook and Singletary also as a lock. I don't think the bills are going to give up on Zach Moss. However, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility for them to trade him before this training camp. Is oh, over. no. Yeah. So he's there a are a couple dudes pick. who I think are trade candidates as opposed to cut candidates. And he's one of them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go with him for now as making the team, but I think it's possible that they could unload him and free up a roster spot for Duke Johnson or Reggie Gilliam. But right now I am going with mm. the cook and Singletary locks with Zach Moss and Taiwan Jones as my running back room. Okay, yeah. so just four. Uh, see, I think Reggie Gilliam sticks around because he's so versatile. And correct me if I'm wrong, did he play like he played a little H back too, right? Or yeah, he does a little bit of everything. He he played tight yeah. end at times and early in his career with the Bills. Um, I think he's yeah, that's listed I mean. as a fullback. Or tight end. But... So I think it's nice for them because we'll we'll get into tight ends in a second, but I think it's nice for them to keep around Reggie Gilliam because he gives them so much versatility and it might make them feel better about keeping only two tight ends, which is what I have them keeping. I had him them keeping actually let me see if I had them keeping him last year. Um, but I think the reason they're keeping him around is they need that they needed that versatility in the past. They didn't have a deep bench at tight end, uh halfback, any of those spots. So it was nice to have a guy who could kind of do whatever they needed him to do. Now I think they've kind of got that depth. We'll talk about tight end in a minute, but I don't think you need a guy like Reggie Gilliam to be a break glass in case of emergency at that position anymore. And I think you've got better options at running back and you've got guys that are contributing more on special teams. So I think that maybe his time with the bills is maybe up. Although I have liked um, seeing him in spurts. Um, I just think he's, he's too, too much of a uh, jack-of-all-trades, but maybe a master of none, unfortunately. Okay, fair enough. Did you say you're keeping Taiwan Jones? Yes, yes, I am keeping Taiwan Jones. I have five in the running back room. All right, got it. Should we talk about receivers? Uh, let's go tight end next, just because we got we did some Reggie Gilliam, Gilliam talk, who I think is kind of a tight end-esque dude. All right. Last year, the Bills kept Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Reggie Gilliam, if you want to count him as a tight end. That was the whole tight end room. 
which we were wrong about. We both had Hollister making the roster last year. I guaranteed it. And it just pretty weak tight end room, really, other than Dawson Knox, who turned out to have a good year. We didn't know if he would, but he, he had a good season. This year, they've got O.J. Howard, who they've picked up from Tampa. Um, and Tommy Sweeting still hanging around. They've got Quentin Morris, who's an undrafted guy. He was on the practice squad last year, and I did meet him at a UB game. You met him, right? Um, and Jalen Weidermeyer, who was sort of a highly touted undrafted rookie. So this year's tight end situation is a little bit different. Dawson Knox, a little bit more established. OJ Howard, a former um, first-round draft pick, right? And really superstar athlete who maybe just hasn't realized his full potential yeah. in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I think Knox and Howard are locks, and I think Tommy Sweeney gets on this roster too because there's been a lot of reporting Whoa. that he's just like a super kind of a glue guy with the culture in the locker room, and he's been improving. And I just think you can't go into the season with only two tight ends, especially when the Bills are reported to be doing a lot of two tight end sets, and they're going to change up the offense a little bit probably. So I think you need three, and I think those are your three. Okay. Well. I have only chosen two dudes at tight end and Dawson Knox is not one of them. No, I'm just kidding. Dawson Knox is the lock. (laughs) Dawson Knox is obviously the lock, but you said it best, Graham, when you said that OJ Howard came into this league as like superstar athlete, but according to camp reports and Joe Buscaglia of the athletic, he said that OJ Howard has not looked quick at all. Like people are wondering where the burst is from this, former first round phenom. Um, and I think, you know, we fall down the trap of, of camp rumors and stuff all the time, every off season, but OJ Howard never put it together in Tampa Bay. Uh, especially not with Tom Brady who loves tight ends. Like if he can't get it together with Tom Brady, then I can't see him figuring out his role in this offense. So I say OJ Howard does not make this team. And I'm going to stick with Tommy Sweeney. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sweeney over. Yeah. Cause like you said, Sweeney's Howard. a glue guy and like, we don't love him as a player, but apparently the coaching staff does. They brought in, they have brought in a lot of guys this off season to maybe get rid of him, but I still think they like him enough to keep him around. I think it's a fair point that you make about Howard, not, putting it together to this point. I, I think he's sort of like a, a Jacob Hollister from last year where he's kind of been around the league and it hasn't worked out and maybe he can make things click here, but he's more established than Jacob Hollister ever was. And the big difference for me is that I think the bills want to utilize tight ends this year. I don't see them changing mm. their offense in any dramatic way and saying they're going to use more tight ends in the red zone with only Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney on the roster. So do you sort of think that the the tight end hype is overblown and they're maybe not going to go as crazy in that direction as a lot of people think? Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to go crazy at tight end. I do think that they want to give their running backs a little extra help. And of course it always has helps to have, um, you know, tight ends on the field to do a little more blocking and stuff, but I feel like they're going to be happier with their offensive line this season than they were last season. And like I said, OJ Howard, man, I think you're falling for the draft pedigree like I did with Forrest Lamp last year. 
So I that could be. I sort of just think whoever it was that they added to that tight end room, that's who was going to make the team. I thought that last year with Hollister too. I just mm. keep thinking they're going to want more than just Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney, but maybe I'm wrong again. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I got one lock at tight end. Yeah. And I've got two. I think Knox and Howard are both making the team, but maybe I'll be wrong again in the same way I was last year. Time will tell. All right. Receiver. Receiver time. I want to look at last year. Uh, because receiver is one of those positions where depending on what you do with the rest of the roster, maybe you keep seven, maybe it's six, could be even five receivers, depending on what else you do with your roster. Last year, they kept seven receivers. Uh, do you see the Bills keeping seven receivers this year? Yeah, I actually have them keeping exactly seven this year. I do too. So it'll be interesting to see who your seven are. Who do you have? I have five locks at this position. I do too. Okay. Those locks. Stefan Diggs, I don't think, you know, some of the, when we get to the end of the locks, it's not going to be surprising, but Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Jameson Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, and Khalil Shakir. Yep. Same locks for me. Right. Uh, one note, my dad was at training camp yesterday. He said he noticed a lot about the different receivers. Khalil Shakir, his legs look short. So that's our training camp <laughs> update from our in-house scout. Nice. Looks like he's got short legs. It's on the ground, Mr. I'll quote the scout and say that he thought maybe that's just maybe he's wearing his shorts a little too long, is what the scout said. So uh, that okay. remains to be seen. Whether it's really short legs or just long shorts, not really sure. But yeah, we'll let the peep this out when you get there. Huh? But he's on the roster. <laughs> so yeah, I do think he's probably gonna make the team. He's a fifth round pick, a little bit of an investment for them. They tend not to give up on those guys that early. Now, who are your final two receivers? So I have Jake Kumaro. Um, I think he's a special teams ace. They like to, they seem to like to get him on the field uh, enough that they like him as a receiver as well. So that makes him pretty valuable. I'm making him my sixth dude. And the seventh dude is interesting because we haven't loved this guy. I don't think, or at least I have not loved him but I don't think that the bills are ready to give up on him. That is Marquez Stevenson. And yeah, the reason I say that, you know, they're not ready to give up on him is because he was a seventh round or seventh round or maybe even earlier. Was he? Okay. He was a sixth Sixth round round draft pick. Um, Supposed to be a great returner had some troubles last year, but I think they're going to give him a second look at that. They did bring on Tavon Austin just before minicamp this offseason, but I think he's just a camp body. Like he has some great college highlights, but never really put it together on the pro level. And I don't see that changing when he's what 30 something now. So Yeah, the Tavon Austin thing plays into my decision as well because I actually have a different sixth round receiver picked by the Bills in the year prior who I put in this spot, but it was a discussion in my brain between Isaiah Isaiah Hodgins and Marquez Stevenson. I just think there are too many other guys in this camp right now that do the same thing Marquez Stevenson does. You've got a lot of little, supposed to be fast, supposed to be return specialist Mm. type guys now. Khalil Shakir is supposed to be able to do that. you got Crowder who's going to play in the slot. And Tavon Austin, that's his thing. He's, He's fast. He's shifty. Maybe he can be a slot guy. Maybe he can return kicks and punts but he's old and 
I just think that if Marquez Stevenson couldn't show that he was the guy for that last year, it might be an early exit for him where the Bills really like to hang on to their picks longer in many cases. Isaiah Hodgins has been hanging around on this roster between practice squad, injured reserve, all that stuff since they drafted him in 2020. And he's bigger. He can play on the outside, a little bit more versatile. And our scout at Bills training camp yesterday said Isaiah Hodgins stood out. So my dad pointed out Hodgins looked good. And I think that the Bills have been hanging on to him for a while, kind of hoping that a guy with those measurables might hit his stride, not be so injury prone. Uh, but I just don't think you need another little guy. You do, however, maybe need another outside guy. So I'm going to go with Isaiah Hodgins for that seventh spot. Okay, fair enough. I like the logic. The thing that worries me, though, is just, yeah, he's missed a lot of time in his career so far. And and with him bouncing around, you have to wonder if they really see a future with him when basically, I mean, at this point, he's how much potential does he have? So I don't know, but he's been around this long. I do think one of those two guys is, is gone. I don't see the bills keeping eight receivers. You've also got, like we said, Tavon Austin, you've got Josh's buddy from college and Tanner Gentry again in training camp. He always is exciting for the first couple preseason games. Um, You got Neil Pau, who I think is a rookie uh, free agent, undrafted guy. And and that's the receiver room in camp. They got ten guys. I see him keeping seven and or eleven guys. Sorry, I'm keeping seven and cutting four. Okay, sounds good. Offensive line. Yeah, I'm trying to look at my numbers. Though. I'm I'm counting them up again. I might be one guy too many. <laughs> You've got a fifty-four man roster. <laughs> I think I do. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. All right. I've counted mine out correctly. And so far we're even in the amount of guys we've picked. All right. We'll just keep going. huh? The show must go on. So I've got five locks here. Probably more. Same. Yeah. I'm going to say more here. All right. I'm going with five locks. I have six. I have six locks. So my locks, Deion Dawkins, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, Spencer Brown. All of those guys, I feel, are the starting offensive line. Um, And then I've got Tommy Doyle in there as a lock. As a lock. All right. I I think, you know, his draft status basically keeps him safe, I feel like, because, what he was a fifth-round draft pick, fourth-round draft pick maybe. And he didn't look great as an offensive lineman, apparently. Uh, They did use him, I guess, as a swing tackle. Um, He was used on that trick play in the uh, playoffs, right, where he caught the touchdown pass over in the Patriots game. Uh, Yeah. But I don't think they're ready to give up on a fifth-round dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's huge. He's agile. And so, yeah, he's a lock for me. I think he's going to make the team. I don't have him as a lock but I, I see Tommy Doyle making the roster. Interesting though, that you pointed out that the um, you believe the starting offensive line is going to be Dawkins, Brown, Bates, Saffold, Morse. I think that ultimately will be the starting offensive line as well. However, mm-hmm. first day of training camp yesterday, that was not the starting offensive line. Did you see who was playing? 
So uh, to I start training know. camp, the starting O-line, you had Deion Dawkins playing left tackle. Cody Ford at left guard. Now, that has a lot Whoa. to do with the injury to Roger Saffold during the offseason, if you maybe want to get yeah, into that right. a little bit. Yeah, I, this, this was pretty quiet. I don't remember this happening, really, but he was in a minor car accident and injured his ribs, right? Yeah. I also don't remember this news coming out. I found out about it yesterday when they were talking about training camp, and they said Roger Saffold on the sideline, of course, because of the car accident, and then I look into it. But sounds like he's okay. He'll be ready to play, hopefully. Not good to have him missing the first days of training camp, obviously, when he's hopefully your starting guard. But right. um, interesting that in his absence, they go right back to giving Cody Ford a shot. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Mitch Morse yeah. is the center. Ryan Bates is playing right guard. And then they had David Questenberry playing right tackle. And I guess some of the injury time that Spencer Brown Ooh. missed – end of last season, into the off season. I guess he's a little bit behind schedule. And this is sort of coming from reading between the lines in the press conference when the reporters were asking Sean McDermott about uh, Spencer Brown. And and he said, you know, Spencer has some growing to do. You know, he's got to get there and he's not there right now. He's right now, not the starting right tackle, or at least wasn't yesterday on the first day of training camp. So interesting, interesting note there. But I do think Brown ultimately uh, does take over that right tackle duty, just like he had for most of the season last year when the Bills were really excelling. Um, and I think he's a lock to make the roster. I am going to put Questenberry on the roster as well because they seem to like him as their backup tackle. And um, I did say Tommy Doyle. I'm going to put Cody Ford on this team, although he's another guy who I think is a trade bait candidate like a Zach Moss who if uh, – if Brandon Bean wants to get tricky with making some trades at the end of training camp, right before the season starts, which he's done in the past, uh, that's a guy who he may be able to get something for. And uh, the other guy I wrote down here, who I think I'm going to take off is Ike Butker because he's still on the injured reserve list, right? Is he on injured reserve? And he ruptured his Achilles last year. So I don't think I need to save him a spot. Um, because I, I just think he'll he'll eventually be on the team when he comes off of injured reserve. But I'm going to fill his place with uh, who's the guy who played for the Jets? Van Roten is that his name? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, him yeah. for my Greg Van Roten. Tenth, uh, offensive lineman or ninth. Okay. Sorry, I. I also have Questenberry on here. I've got um, Ben Roten as well. And I have Ford for the same reason you do. I feel like he's going to make it and get traded, and then they're going to figure something else out. But I don't think he's going to play a real role on this team. And it does surprise me that he's getting a look at camp right now, but that could just be like, you know, they want to have something to talk about to pump up his value you know, when they do trade him. So, yeah, I've got Ford as well. Um, could be. And I wanted to put Luke Tenuta on here, even though I think when I, I even read this on the podcast after he got drafted, one of the most vicious uh, post-draft profile readings I've ever read in my life. 
just talking about how basically like if he wasn't a coach's son, he would never be in this opportunity or get this opportunity. Uh, I can't put him on this team though. So I'm going to put the two Gregs. I'm going to put uh Greg Manx too. Did he play with the Texans? Uh, I think so. And he's a center too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's versatile. So he's center. He's like an interior offensive lineman. Is that nine alignment for you? You got That's six nine. locks yep. plus four Ben Roten and Manx. All right. Different enough picks yep. there. I do think Ike Bodker makes this team once he comes off of injured reserve. So without. Wait, no, did I, you didn't, count I don't think he's going to be on there. 53. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So from offensive line to defensive line, who do you got? Well, first of all, I want to point out, we've chosen the same number of players on offense. So I think we're in good shape. Um, uh, what is that number? Because I'm like silently freaking out on the side. Uh, let me see. Nine, <laughs> to make sure 12, I... 19, 25 guys right now. So you got 28 okay. spots on defense to fill. Yeah. All right. Defense. Uh, how do you want to do this defensive line? You want to do tackles, DN separately? What do you want to do? Um, no, let's just do the whole line together. All right. Then I have nine defensive linemen and I am counting Von Miller in that group. Cause I know he sometimes is referred okay. to as a linebacker, but I don't really think of him that way. I don't know if that's fair or not. Do you have him on your D line or in your linebacker? Group? I think he's playing. I have him on my D line as well. I'm, right. I'm considering him like a head rusher. So, all right, nine guys, who are your locks on the defensive line? Well, Vaughn Miller, of course, is a lock. Ed Oliver, lock. Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, lock. And that's it. Mm. Yeah. AJ Epinesa, I, I don't know, man. Former second-round pick. You'd think that he's got a safe spot here, but he was a healthy scratch a bunch last season from what I can remember. Um, and he's really, I think, struggled to find his playing style in the NFL. Um as a rookie, I guess he shed too much weight, tried to get quick, uh, and that didn't work because he was getting overpowered. And then last year he put some weight on, got a step too slow, just didn't work for him. So I can't make him a lock. I have one more lock that you didn't mention, and that's Daquan Jones. I think mm-hmm. he's their answer okay. at a big, fat, one-tech defensive lineman. And, you know, they've had Star sort of trying to be that for a little while, and they, they do need a guy to, to play that role. So I think Daquan Jones is a, a lock. But other than that, I agree with Miller, Rousseau, Basham, and Oliver. Okay. Um, and after those dudes, I've got Shaq Lawson making the team. I do have Daquan Jones on my team, although he's not a lock. I have Jordan Phillips, and that's it. So I have eight dudes. You don't have Tim Settle? I don't. I got Tim Settle making the team. Um, okay. I think that ultimately you're going to have probably five edge guys and four interior guys. I know the Bills like to rotate. So if Oliver is more of your speedy uh, starting defensive lineman, you got Daquan Jones there as the one-tech big fat guy. Your two backups, I, I know they like Jordan Phillips. He's been on the roster in the past, had a great year before he left to free agency. And Tim Settle's a guy that they went out and sought after to get on this roster this year. So I think they're going to hang on to him. Um, but then my edge rushers are Epineza and Lawson. Epineza is another trade bait. I think that if 
if Brandon Bean does something to move an established player or a player with potential, it could be Epineza, you could be talking Cody Ford, you could be talking Zach Moss, but that's a good opportunity for him to move a guy off the roster who has shown potential and has high draft pedigree. He did this sort of with uh, Daryl Johnson. Was it last? It was last year. Traded right. him, former seventh round pick from yep. the Bills, and then had shown a lot of potential and then traded him away right at the end of the training camp because they had so many options at that position. It just seemed right to get something for him. So depends on how the Bills are feeling about Epineza, but um, he had a sack in practice yesterday. So maybe he's on the up and up. And if he improves, he's on this team. If not, then they'll probably deal him. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Putting in your picks here. Yeah. With the Tim Settle thing, I don't know what it is. For some reason in my mind, the whole JD McKissick thing where the commanders like bought him back from the bills or like, you know, an 11th hour swooped in and stole him, I should say. Um, I think the bills Mm -hmm. hold some hard feelings for that. And as a result, they stole Tim Settle. Uh, but then they get him in camp and realize, eh, he's not that great. So they cut him. Well, we'll see if he's good in camp, but I think they're going to want extra bodies there. Uh, other guys that are in camp who we haven't mentioned here, you got Mike Love. He's often in camp with the Bills. Um, Brandon Bryant, a uh, guy who's been in camp with the Bills as well before, probably not going to make the team. Super athletic guy. Um, and... Who am I leaving off? Kingsley Jonathan was the Syracuse guy, right? Undrafted Syracuse defensive end. He might be yeah. on your dynasty yeah, yeah. team. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, Elianku is the other interior guy who has played a little bit for the Bills in the past, but I see all these guys kind of being easy cuts for them. at a posi- These positions are starting to be really established. They got so many draft picks on the sure. defensive line, and then they go out and acquire guys. Yeah. On defense in general. Yeah, right. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. All right. All right. To linebacker we go. Okay. So here I have four locks. How about you? I do too. Oh, okay. Huh. This isn't so interesting, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We've had some different picks. Who are your locks? Uh, Matt Milano, obviously on the team. Tremaine Edmonds, obviously on the team. Big year for Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, Terrell Bernard. Third round pick this year. The Bills are not giving up on a talent like that after one season or before one season even. And then um, Medikevich is my other pick because he's sort of a special teams ace. And uh, not that he's going to play at linebacker, yeah. but he's going to be on this team for other reasons. So they're my four. I have the exact same four. Okay. How many linebackers do you have the Bills keeping? I have them keeping six. So do I. Yeah. So I have them keeping six. Um, I think that the fifth dude, so to say, is going to be Tyrell Dodson, who's been with this team for a while now. Um, and I don't know why, but I want to put Balen Specter on this team. So I'm going to keep him. So I do too, but only because I would have put Andre Smith on this team. Yeah. He's now facing a suspension. It's like a six-game suspension, right? Yep, six-game suspension. So I have him because I, I actually made this list a, a month or so ago in preparation for whenever we were going to do this episode, and I have Andre Smith written here. But I, that's changed. 
I think Balen Spector being a, a draft pick, someone that they've sort of invested in a little bit here. Um, I don't think they're going to give up, even though he's a seventh round pick on that asset for a guy who's unavailable for six weeks. So um, same exact right. linebacker picks as you, unfortunately, not that exciting. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I like Balen Spector though. We spoke about him after the draft. I think he's a versatile dude because I believe he started his college career as a safety and then kind of bulked up. So he's probably got those quick twitch athletic traits that you really want to have in linebackers these days. And Andre Smith is getting older. So uh, I believe Andre Smith is close to 30 now. So yeah, he could be on the decline in his career. So Ben Spector gets there was a an article written about Tyrell Dodson about how he's been just like soaking everything up, learned a lot from um, AJ Klein over the past season and is mm-hmm. like the, the next guy in line. If Milano were to miss some time or something like that, he's, he seems, I, I hesitate to make him be a lock, but it seems like Dodson is like clearly the next option at linebacker right now. If their starting formation isn't ready to go. Um, it's just kind of a question about whether they keep a sixth, and if they do, who is that guy? It'll be interesting. They've also got Joe Giles Harris back in camp. Right. I don't know if it's Giles Harris or Giles Harris. I feel like I've heard it both ways. And then um, Marquel Lee, who is a guy who yeah. they've had in camp before at that position, but they were both cut last year, and I see that maybe being the same this year. Okay, so I also just looked up Andre Smith, and he's only 25. Who's the dude? Who's the linebacker I'm thinking of? who the Bills had, maybe it was two seasons ago, who had just been like on every single team in the NFL. He was like, uh, he, he came over from the Texans. He was in his 30s. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's going to bug me. We can move um, on. Yeah, you're also, right. He had started for the Texans during that season. He was like, he like racked up the most tackles in the league or something, didn't he, for them? He, yeah, he was crazy productive for the Texans. And then the Bills just kind of got him. So, I don't know. I'll figure it out as we move on to uh, cornerbacks, huh? Yeah. Corner is an interesting spot because I want to lock in Trey White, but I don't know what his situation is going to be health-wise if they'll need to use a spot on him. But I think it's fair to to just put him on the, on the list here. I'm going to lock in Trey. I'm also going to lock in Kyer Elam, first-round pick for the Bills this year. And uh, Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson, and Saran Neal, I believe, are all locks at corner. Whoa, okay. Dane Jackson as a lock. That's uh, – I'm not going to go that far. All right. So I've got Trey White, Kyrie Elam, Taron Johnson, Saran Neal, all locks. I've got Dane Jackson on this team, but – I don't know. He's he's like a – I think I even said something. I sound dumb because I said the same thing about Levi Wallace. I feel like every year they're just trying to get rid of Levi Wallace. I said this last summer, and now I'm thinking every year they're going to be trying to get rid of Dane Jackson. Um, but I'll put him on the team. He is probably going to start if Trey White cannot. So – yeah, but I don't want to call him a lock just because uh, I feel weird about it. I just think this is a position that everybody said the Bills needed help at 
It's just Trey White, basically. Now you've got Kerry Elam, so they did they addressed that position in the draft a little bit. But they still need some depth there, especially considering that White's not healthy yet. If if White's not ready to go week one, who are your starting outside corners? It's Elam and Dane Jackson, I think. Yeah, good point. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've got Jackson on my team, but like I said, I just feel weird making him a, a lock. So uh, my I have two other defensive backs, though, or cornerbacks, I should say. So you've got seven corners? I've got seven corners. It's a lot. How many do you have? Just five? Six. Okay. Now I got six. And even that, right. I thought, is maybe too many. But So who's your sixth guy? Surprising pick, I think, for me, because I like the idea of Christian Benford just because he's a draft pick. I don't think the Bills want to give up on a guy like that, but he's a late-round draft pick. Who knows? Maybe they sneak him onto the practice squad. You can't have every single draft pick make the roster on a team like this, right? So Bills are great. All the draft picks aren't going to make the team. I like Nick McLeod for this final cornerback spot. And to me, it was sort of between him and Cam Lewis because Cam Lewis has played a lot for the Bills when they've run into injury problems at corner. But Nick McLeod was an impressive undrafted rookie last year that ended up playing games for the Bengals, and he's back with the Bills in training camp, and I see him potentially being one of those camp surprises. A little bit established. He's got his feet wet, and now um, he's going to be learning a lot from you know a great defensive scheme. So I, I think McLeod is my final pick. Nice. So I have McLeod as well. Um, you mentioned Cam Lewis. Cam Lewis apparently made some – um, plays at the mini camp, but uh, I think that the Bills are pretty confident they could cut him and put him on the practice squad like they have done in years past or last year, I guess. Um, That's got to stink to be one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, you know, just, you just know that the team you're with knows that no one wants you. So <laughs> we can just keep putting you on the practice squad year after year. Well, I mean, then again, it might be kind of nice to have just like. I mean, if you're going to be cut, right, you're going to be cut anyway, it's better to, like, have a sign from the team that they like you enough to always bring you back on their practice squad, right? That's not so bad. Yeah, um, that's true. Better than just bouncing around the States all the time. Yeah. Um, so I've got Cam Lewis making the practice squad afterwards, but obviously that doesn't count on the 53. I do have Christian Benford making this 53-man roster. I just have a really hard time justifying the Super Bowl favorites actually being able to get every single draft pick to make the team. That just doesn't seem right. You know, you think about teams that are stacked. Maybe with they talent. just love their draft, bro. What? Maybe they just love their draft. Maybe. But I, I've always thought, you know, as the Bills get better, it's going to be harder for rookies to make the team. And I just can't see every rookie they pick this year. We already cut Luke Tenuta. Neither of us thought he'd make it. Um, and I got rid of Marquez Stevenson, a pick from last year. So there is a little of that going on. But I think Christian Benford is one of those casualties of just a really stacked roster, although he could make the team. And the cool thing about him is that he's kind of like a safety hybrid type guy where if they need help at safety, maybe he can do that. If they need help at corner, he could develop as, as an option as their number seven guy there. But I'm hoping a guy like that can get onto the practice squad and he can continue to develop that way. Yeah, we'll see. Any other interesting camp bodies at corner? Um, camp bodies? No, I have. They've got like a uh, bunch of dudes I never heard before. Elijah Griffin, Jamarcus Ingram, 
Elijah Griffin was in camp last year, actually. Uh, they cut him then, oh, wow. but um, yeah, nobody else. Who Trevon Fuller, Trayvon Fuller? I don't know. All right, so we are even in draft picks to this point, and all we've got left are safeties and special teams. So if you're keeping count, Eric, that means you've got seven roster spots left to give away between those two spots. And I've got seven players to go. Perfect. This is perfect. Should we talk safeties? Let's talk safeties. Jordan Poyer Uh, showed up at camp, despite the rumors that there may be a contract dispute. He was there practicing in full. His agent was also there, leading many people to believe that there is a contract negotiation going on, an in-person deal. Maybe he's having conversations with Brandon Bean in person. Who's to say? Uh, But Poyer and Hyde are locks for me to make this roster. And I have a third lock at safety, and that's DeMar Hamlin. Oh, dude, I have the same. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well... Hey, great minds think alike. I have the same exact locks. My fourth dude, because I have four safeties, is Jaquan Johnson. Yeah, me too. Uh, Josh Thomas could be it, though. You know, he could be that fourth yeah, safety. Yeah. So I, I don't want to lock. They've loved Josh Thomas. He's been on and off the roster, injury issues at times. When Not for him, but when the Bills are short because of injury issues. Um, and has played great in preseason. It's just that Jaquan Johnson's a former draft pick, and he's been developing and plays a lot on special teams, so I think he maybe has the edge over Josh Thomas at this point. But it very easily could swing the other way. This is one of those that I won't be surprised if I'm wrong. Yep, exactly right. Uh, Special teams, and you have four on special teams, I guess, huh? Did you see, by the way, they've been releasing Madden ratings over the past couple weeks? Do you pay attention to any of that? Uh, I have not, no. I think it's cool to see like the top 10. Well, who Madden thinks are the top 10 at each position. Um, Hyde and Poyer, both in the top 10 at the safety position, according to Madden. Yeah. So according to Madden, the Bills have two of the top 10 safeties in the league starting on their defense. Remember every week how I would choose the other team's safeties in our position breakdown? Yes. I have been yeah. championing Hyde and Poyer as the best safety tandem forever. And you just keep pushing back on it, just like you did with Matt Milano, Dude. just like you're doing right now with Tremaine Edmonds, and just like you did last year with Dawson Knox. I can actually only remember situations where you've been wrong yeah, about it, everything. Dude, it's a motivation tactic, okay? <laughs> I did it with Motor Singletary, too, and he just had the best uh, pro season of his career. So That one I'm willing to – I don't know. Yes, it was his best season ever, but – what are we working with here? Three yeah, seasons. Yeah, it was. You're welcome. Yeah. Let's just move on, okay? Okay. <laughs> Special teams. Um, this is kind of interesting because I've got um, Reed Ferguson and Tyler Bass's locks. Are you with me there? Yes, I do. Same thing. Okay. Yes, I am. Who do you have punting for the Bills in 2022? <laughs> well, can't have them both, according to my roster, because I only have one spot left, and I can't say them. I can't see the Bills saying bye bye to the punt god himself. So Matt Ariza takes the final roster spot on my fifty-three man team. To be different, I'm going to go with Matt Hack because Ooh. we got to see him hold at some point. It hasn't happened yet. Um, all reports right. from training camp about any punts that have been observed by the media or the fans is that it gets a lot of oohs and ahs when Ariza kicks one high. 
but he still is failing to beat out Matt Hack in hang time in most situations. Yes, he can punt the ball a mile, and he can get it out mm. the back of the end zone in a lot of cases, but it sounds like he's got a lot of work to do to fine-tune the art of punting. Sounds insane, but not something I know a lot about. So um, I think it is a coin toss. I don't think that it's a lock that Ariza makes this team or that Hack is going to be walking. You need to make sure he's not affecting Bass's kicking game. So if Ariza can't do that and he doesn't improve dramatically in his hang time and ball placement, then you could be seeing another season of Mad Hack. Um, so I'll go with Mad Hack here. All right. Yeah. Dare to I be different. That, huh? We don't have as many different picks this year as we did last year, but we got some some disagreements. I yeah, would say. we got enough differentiation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our 53-man roster prediction and we got a couple weeks of training camp here at st john fisher Uh, so we'll get to see how things shake out as that progresses we're only two days in at this point so uh i'll be keeping in touch with my scouts at st john fisher back in rochester bringing you all of the important news about the lengths of the limbs of our prospects Styling. Yeah. Yeah. We got to have your mom keep an eye on the linebackers because she loves Matt Milano. So she loves she's Matt Milano high, and she's, she's right about it. Talent. Yeah. Well, she nailed it and you didn't. So what does that say? All right. We can talk about that another time. We'll talk about that when the season starts. When the football starts getting played, Graham, we'll see who's on top, huh? All right. Fair enough. Um, speaking of football being played, we're going to have a few teams this season be looking a little bit different, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of the new uniform combinations. Cause obviously last year the NFL said starting in 2022, you're allowed to have two different helmets. They, they really loosened the reins at league headquarters and got wild with it Yeah, and said teams are allowed to come out with a second helmet color. Uh, like casual Friday now. So we're starting to see some teams come out with um, alternate helmets. I think it's cool. I love uniforms, obviously, and I like seeing different stuff be worn. However, I am a fan of the classic look to an extent. Um, So of the new helmets that you've seen so far, are there any that stand out to you? Yeah, there are a couple, actually. Um, I really like i don't know why but i just like the solid colors like the the secondary color of the team so like i like the cardinals all black helmet i think that looks pretty sick i i like the texans red helmet i think that looks pretty dope as well and i would say my third helmet that i really like um is the old school giants helmet i think that looks way better than what they play in right now That's sort of what I was um, alluding to when I said I like the classic stuff. So I hope a lot of teams with this, they go back to, like for those of of the teams out there that have NFL history prior to the 60s or AFL history, I hope teams go back to that. I do think that like just taking your team's logo and putting putting it on a black helmet, that's a cool look. Like that's what you've got from the Cardinals and the Panthers. a lot of teams have actually been doing this. The Jets did that too. The Eagles, they're all just basically slapping black helmet and put the old logo on there. 
But the Giants with that, it's spelled out Giants, is just a cool look. And that in tandem with the classic Giants jersey, I think is going to look pretty sweet. My favorite, though, is the Cincinnati Bengals Siberian Tiger look. It's a white helmet with black stripes. And I just think it's going to look sick with the all-white uniform. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing you're not a fan of the uh, Patriots classic then, huh? I hate the Patriots, but that logo is way cooler than that stupid steel-headed thing that they have been rolling with for the last 20 years. Well, the Patriots have just the worst uniforms in the league, in my opinion. I mean, you're the Patriots. Patriots, what are the colors of the American flag, Graham? Red, white, and blue, baby. Yeah, and the Patriots have some weird, like, gunmetal blue and orange red and it just doesn't even look like the colors of the flag and silver yeah it's they got silver yeah. right so so like with the with the return to this helmet it's clear red white and blue and it's the uh what is it the pat patriot yeah, yeah it's pretty pretty awesome. i hate the patriots but this is way better than the current patriots uh uniform combination uh, I like the red Atlanta Falcons helmet. That one's pretty cool. And then you had an, an interesting take on the Washington Commanders. I, yeah, actually, surprisingly, for a person who doesn't really care much about jerseys, I think most of these are pretty cool. Uh, and the Commanders, I think, is look pretty cool. But I will say the graphic that I'm looking at does not include a number on the side of the helmet, which you have told me is going to be part of the look. So I'm not huge on that. This looks like they've got the Commanders, that classic Washington Commanders W, which is the <laughs> stupidest thing. They got it. Okay, fine. The year that there's a scandal and everyone's up in arms about your old logo and your all, old name and you don't want to make people angry, fine. Slap a W on your helmet for Washington while you're planning out something new. That's long gone at this point. You've got a new team name. It's an actual thing. You could have a mascot. You could have a logo. Who are you? The Green Bay Packers? No, you're not. You're just this. I have a theory about this. My theory is that they have not yet committed to the commanders. Like, no. Yeah, I don't know. Like, in, in, in my thoughts, this is like kind of a soft launch of the commanders, and they see how this season goes. They're just waiting to see if people get yeah. mad at them for something. Yeah, here. I mean, I think they took a, I think they took a lot of heat when they announced the new name, and um, I almost wonder if they're, yeah, just kind of testing the waters with this, like they did with the Washington football team for a couple of years. Maybe they go back to the Washington football team. Who knows, man? No, no. What they've got to do now is come up with a logo. So, yeah. It's got to be a sweet pirate themed thing that's not stepping on the toes too much of the Tampa Bay Bucks, But that that's what they've got to do. you got to come up with a logo. You can't be walking around with a stupid W on your forehead. And that's what this is. It's a black helmet with a W on the forehead and then the number on the side of the helmet. It's lame. Boo. Well, what are you going to do? Do you hope the Bills go to the red helmets? Oh, hell yeah. We've spoken about this before. I love the red helmets. But with the, what uh... jerseys? <sighs> that's a good question. Um, well, they can go old school, right? So I would love to see the red helmets with the white jerseys. 
Yeah, there are there are certain things they could do here. I think the worst thing they could possibly do is go back to any jersey that they wore between 2000 and 2013. Those navy with like a the blue shoulder patch on the white jerseys and the red helmet, those were just terrible. So as long as they don't go back to that. Yeah. But what a lot of people are posting about wanting to see is the color rush red with the red helmet. And I'm not big on that. I think that's too much, but I would like a, they would just wear red helmet for a game with just like a classic nineties, either the blue or the white from the Kelly era. That's fine by me. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Agree. All right. Any other uh, league wide or worldwide football news we want to get to here before we wrap this up? Nah, haven't been able to get boots on the ground in Leipzig yet for the Kings. Um, but the plan is at the uh, in the middle of August to get there and kind of finish out the season. And uh, yeah, watch them finish it on a high note, hopefully. Sea Devils are still killing it in the north. That's my team. Uh, Kings are struggling with a 2-5 and five record, it looks like, right now. Not the best year for them. And the Vienna Vikings, still the only undefeated team in the league. The expansion franchise. Are the, are the uh, Istanbul Rams still totally defeated? No, they got a win. Uh, but Stuttgart is Oof. 0-7. Oof. Stuttgart surge. Okay. So basically the, the Vienna Vikings are carrying the torch for the new franchises, huh? Seems that way. And the Raiders are right behind them. That Central Conference is just completely upended. Two expansion teams at the top and two inaugural franchises at the bottom. Right. Oof. All right, man. Sounds good. Can't wait. Cool. Can't wait to be reading about camp news. I don't know. This is like really one of my favorite times of the football season. Well, we can, we can start coming out with regular episodes here because there will actually be some news. We're going to start seeing, you know, unfortunately there will be players that underperform people who stand out. There might be injuries. There might be new additions. So um, we'll try to make this more regular now that we're getting into some actual football action. Damn right. All right. Talk to you guys later. See ya.